0: A lot of times people think the blue zones, it's all about food. And food is a big piece. Okay. Food's a big piece, but it's not the only piece. So, one of the first things in blue zones is about movement. The thing about movement is that in the quote unquote blue zones, most everyone, most every one of those zones have elevation. Hello. And how are you doing this week? I have a little three-part series that I wanted to do for you. So today is part one. You'll do that. You'll hear the next one in a couple of weeks, and then the one after that, a couple of weeks after that. But what it has to do with is the Blue Zones. So years ago, when it first became kind of one of those things, if I would talk about the Blue Zones, I would get this like blank look from people, like, what are you talking about? What are the Blue Zones? But with the advent of the Netflix documentary, this has become front and center, and now I'm like, <laughs> I'm like in the dark ages if I don't know what's going on um, on the most recent episodes. I guess they're all out now. But something that came up a lot lately in our group is the idea of nutrition. So nutrition is is one of the one of the tenets of um, the Blue Zone, and we'll talk about all of this today. That we'll talk about. I think it's the nine of them, uh, but. It's come up again and again. And I thought, you know what? Let's just chat about this because it is important. Uh there is, if you haven't, if you haven't read about it or watched the information, basically there is a lot of science behind this. Uh the author went out and decided to find the places where the people were the most long lived in the world. And so he found, I think he five, it was five zones of places where. People seem to live the longest, and then they studied those people. Like, what are they doing? What are they doing different than us? And, and I'm gonna I'm give you like a little cheat on episode three. I'm gonna talk about some of the things we can do, even when we don't live in a blue zone, because I, <laughs> I definitely don't live in a blue zone. And you know, some ideas on things that you can do. But today, I wanted to just like touch on these nine steps. And the things that make a blue zone, make a blue zone possible for all of us, okay? They're all things that we can do um, right wherever it is that we live. And then some suggestions. So in fact, I'll wind up this episode with some suggestions. First thing is that a lot of times people think the blue zones, it's all about food. And food is a big piece, okay? Food's a big piece. But it's not the only piece. So one of the first things in blue zones is about movement. (laughs) Here I am preaching about movement, right? So the, the thing about movement is that in the quote unquote blue zones, most everyone, most every one of those zones have elevation okay i won't say that they're high up as an elevation like that but they have ups and downs they have the kind of movement that really does promote healthy hearts and healthy bodies because you are like going up and down um instead of instead of doing what a lot of us do and do not stop to, do not stop doing what you're doing now right like weightlifting is one of those things that we should be doing and So don't stop it because they don't necessarily lift weights in the blue zones, but look at, you know, how your movement is. So one of the things that they suggest in most of the blue zones is like gardening, um, you know, day-to-day activities, like the things that we do day in and day out. And sometimes, sometimes we don't do them because they become like the walking. Like I know, okay, where I live, I happen to live in this fabulous neighborhood, big, you know, big trees and big yards and no sidewalk. Uh, Traffic comes through here. It is not a comfortable place to walk. So I don't do a lot of walking outside my front door, but I do find the walking in the um, in the woods around. So that kind of thing, like, you know, thinking of natural movement, but in addition to that, thinking of movement that like makes your heart race, going up and down stairs, uh, you know, doing the things that matter, carrying stuff, not sitting so much. Like that's one of the things that they don't talk about in the blue zones, but I think is a big deal is that if you look at, like let's say rural United States, maybe, I don't know, 50 years ago, I'm not exactly sure how long ago, call it 70 years ago, when there was a lot of, a lot of gardening, a lot of um, food coming from gardening, a lot of people who are still living in the country, That kind of lifestyle is the lifestyle that a lot of people live in the blue zones because they're, you know, constantly in motion. So getting up from your computer, moving around, like move naturally, but move frequently. Okay. I think that's, that's one of those takeaways. If you don't live somewhere where you can, um, you know, chop wood and, (laughs) and, you know, cut trees, I don't know what it is, but, you know, move often. Another one, and this has, once again, nothing to do with food, is the idea of having purpose in life. And they have different, like in Costa Rica, it's called plan de vida. Like, you know, what's the plan for your life? And it's another way of saying it is like why I wake up in the morning. And when we wake up and we have that excitement, that um, interest, that opportunity to uh, find things that we could do for that day that will be generally things that enrich lives so like looking for those kinds of purpose i think makes a big difference and purpose can also be caring for other people it can be you know running your business it can be you know reaching out whatever it is but having that purpose in life makes a huge difference and and i mean we saw this and i'm, I'm going to say it during the pandemic like we saw this a lot for people who were um at home cloistered and had nothing right like really truly no real purpose they couldn't reach out to other people they couldn't do the things they normally did and it was super debilitating super debilitating um and i'll talk about that a little bit more in a couple of other things that we we actually understood that came out of the whole idea of the pandemic but that's one of them is that when we don't wake when we wake up and we don't have like that excitement for life it's it's hard. It's It takes away from our longevity. Um, another one that I really like, and once again, this really isn't about the food. It is in a way, but it isn't. It's what they call the 80-20 rule. So their idea of the 80-20 rule in the blue zones is that you, you stop eating... <laughs> when you're full, not when you're stuffed, right? (laughs) Like 80%, you're at that 80% and we've all been there like, oh, you know, I couldn't eat another bite, but oh man, this stuff is so good. I'm going to have another bite, right? It's that stopping at the 80%. This is, I mean, and we'll talk a whole lot about the 80%, 80, 20% in the episode, the third episode I do on this, because I think a lot of things in life actually fall really well in that 80, 20, but finding that place where you don't overeat but you eat for health that's one great place that you can use that 80 20. Um, another one and it's not really part of the 8020 but it does fall under what they suggest is that not eating your biggest meal at the end of the day like that falls into the whole idea of intermittent fasting and you know and going to bed without a full stomach and you know all the things that we hear about um, not something I do Okay, I will tell you that. My um typically my biggest meal of the day is the last meal of the day. It's just the way my it's just the way my life works. And so in that instance, I do try not to stuff myself at the end of the day because if I don't, or if I do stuff myself, I'm very uncomfortable. And you know, A, it's not healthy, and B, it also leads to poor sleep. So some of the other things is that in that 80 20 also, if you think about just portion size, okay, portion size in general, and and I'm in the United States, so I'll call it out for the States. Portion size in the United States in general, when we go out is, is relatively large, okay? Um, there's a lot of times that we take food home if we've been out to eat, um, or we eat all the stuff and then we're <laughs> And then we wish we'd taken food home. So thinking about that, like just the whole idea of that 80-20, like, how much do you really need to, to enjoy? Or how much do you really need to eat? You can enjoy without doing it. Another one that I find kind of interesting is they're really big on wine. <laughs> really big, like, like obvious, if you read the book, basically they're like, yep, the trick is to drink one to two glasses of wine a day. Now. If you go to a, a a doctor here in the States and you say that you're hitting, you're drinking one to two glasses of wine a day. So that's seven to fourteen glasses of wine a week, which what what is that like 28 a month, 48, 28 a month, they will look at you like you need to be checking in to the alcohol rehab. So, so I don't know. I don't know how I feel about the wine. I think that if it's something that you already do and it's something that you enjoy, then great. Enjoy it. Um, Don't drink wine to try and get health benefits out of it. Because really like people will tell you that uh, it's the refesterol that's in wine. That's good for you. Um, You can't drink enough wine to get the amount of refesterol out of it. That would be good for you. Like if you want that, take a supplement. Wine's not going to do that for you. But one of the reasons I really believe that wine is suggested is because it's a communal thing. And if you look at, in fact, the rest the rest of what we're going to talk about, it's it's not about um it's not about as much food. And we'll we'll talk, talk touch on food in a second. It's not about as much food as it is about community. It's about having that sense of belonging. And if if having wine is one of those things that allows you to be in a community that is um, is exciting and helpful and close for you, then that's probably where it counts. I have a good friend of mine who moved to Spain and he said like what they do, the way they, the way they live there is different, um, much different than here. And so most evenings now, and this is somebody who like, I don't even think he drank before he went to Spain, but most evenings they go out. That's what they do. They go out, they meet friends, they hang out at a, um, an outdoor cafe and they drink wine. So, and he said, you know what? It's really fun. <laughs> it's a whole different lifestyle. They stay up late. Like they stay up late. <laughs> I don't know what he told me, but he said something, I think like, you know, often he gets home at one in the morning. I'm like, one in the morning. <laughs> i'm like i wouldn't even know how to do that but it works in their environment so so thinking about that so it's the idea of connection there's another piece about the connection that um before we even dive into it that i would like to suggest is that when you belong to a community there's there's actually um a really good study that came out recently i think it was um I don't remember what it was in, but um, it was published just last year. um, And it showed that people who were socially isolated, individuals who were socially isolated had a 26% higher risk of death while prolonged loneliness, like just sheer loneliness, raised people's uh, risk of death by another, by 14%. That's substantial. Like, I don't think there's anything (laughs) you can eat that makes that big a difference in our longevity. If you think about that. So the next piece of this, the blue zones that I wanted to mention was just the idea of belonging, like belonging um, in a community. Now in the blue zones, the way they talk about belonging is it's all faith-based. They say that, I think, I think the number was like, out of their 263 centurions that they, um, that they actually interviewed, all but five of them were um, part of some faith-based community. And in episode three, I'm going to give you my take on that because I think that, uh, well, I'll give you my take on it right now and then later on too. But I think that what it is is that smaller communities and you'll see this, like, I grew up in the South, so you see this in the South a lot. Smaller communities are all uh, based around the the places of worship. That's that's how the communities usually started, actually. Like, you know, they'd find a place, they thought this was a great place, in comes a church or whatever your um, religion is, and then that becomes the, like, the glue for the community. So does it need to be faith-based? I don't know. But I do know that one of the things that's very interesting is that when you're in groups like communities, social action, social interaction will boost your brain health. Um, it's like in our brain, we need to be able to formulate responses. That comes, that brain health comes from interacting with people. Um We need that, that actually grows neural pathways between brain cells and circuits. So knowing this also helps with um, lowering the chances of like neurodegenerative diseases like Alzheimer's and Parkinson's. So knowing that when you belong, whether that's faith-based for you or somebody else, that it, it keeps us from being lonely and lonely is something that um lonely is something that a lot of people like i mentioned a minute ago a lot of people noticed during the pandemic because i have several friends who said you know what i don't i don't think as well as i did <laughs> um my words don't come as easily i noticed that like i have to practice so my words didn't come as easily and it's simply because we weren't working on those neural pathways um Another piece of community and belonging is having the right community, okay? And I think this is part where the faith comes in. So having the right community, like anytime you're part of a community, the habits within the community tend to become your habits, okay? Not 100%, but mostly. So if you have friends who um, hang out at bars, I mean, nothing wrong with that. But you have friends who hang out at bars. They um, enjoy eating whatever the bar food is, and they smoke and they drink a lot, right? That is the um, that's the way the community interacts. So, right there, as you can see, like as an extreme example, based on you know either going to church or hanging out in a bar, it's an extreme example, but it's an example that shows you that we do pick up the habits. Of the communities that we are within, so having that as a thought process, I think makes a big difference. So another way of saying is, what is what is the saying? You are the sum total of the five people that you hang out with the most. Right here, that's really what we're ta- what we're dealing with. Um, another piece of the blue zones is that they talk about loved ones first. So this is families first. I know in the United States and probably some of the other um, countries that people who listen to this in different countries, we have a um, a backlash of the fact that we are a very scattered society. So generally people move away from, not always, but generally people move away from their families. And so now they're um, in different areas and they're not family centric whereas in the blue zones these are people who are not moving away from their families okay these are people who don't um get a job in silicon valley and and go there to live or whatever it is right they're more family focused so yes i think that makes a big difference and Yes. In episode three, I'm going to talk about this a lot because I think we can debunk that a little bit too, because we talk about the fact that, um, and and actually we have all heard this, like having a life partner, supposedly, um, if you have a committed life partner, it increases your longevity by a certain number. I think they typically say three years, but I think, I think that we're seeing that that changes when maybe we don't have a life partner, but we have this kind of community support that gives us what we would get in a life partner. Um, And that leads to actually their third or their ninth piece. And I skipped plants, don't worry, or food, we're going to come back to that. But the ninth piece is basically um, having the right tribe. And it's a little bit like what I talked about a minute ago, having the kind of people that you're hanging out with that promote the lifestyle you should or would like to have. Um, people like studies show when people are obese, generally the people in their community are too. It, it's more acceptable. And there's some genetic stuff there too, right? But in general, let's just talk about, let's just pretend like the genetics are off the table and this is only about community um, in general. That's one of the things that happen. In general, people who smoke, it's more acceptable, right? To be in communities where people smoke. So it's, I'm not saying that it's the same for everybody, but it is one of those things that we can look at and just look at, you know, look at our community. How does our community support us? And how do we support our community, right? Like it it does matter. Um, so let's talk really quick about, food. Food is the piece of the blue zones that we hear the most about. And like, it's the, it's the tangible, right? It's the tangible piece that we can get our hands on that we can do, whether we live in Houston, Texas, like me, or the Nicoya Peninsula, like, you know, the blue zone there. It, we can do it because food is a universal. So one of the things in the blue zone is they talk about a plant slant. Okay, plant slant is nothing more than getting the maturity of your calories from plants, beans, legumes—you know those kinds of things that grow in the ground—versus um, meats um, and dairy. Okay, and, and in the plant slant, um, oils also play a role. Healthy oils, healthy oils um, like an olive oil an avocado oil, um, coconut oil, those like more, uh, less processed and more plant-based, they play a a piece. So a couple of things about, well, actually, actually I'll come back to that because it is a piece that I'd like everybody to look at, but knowing that a plant slant does matter. Okay. And at the same time, you want to make sure that you're enjoying your meals this is a big piece. Like this is nobody talks about this, but if you're eating food that you don't enjoy, you're eating it because by gosh, this is what you're supposed to eat. Um I don't think it's as healthy for us. I don't think it does as much for us as it could. So find the things that you enjoy. Um, if you have not spent a lot of time cooking vegetables, then my suggestion would be learn it, learn it slowly. Like, like, okay, I have to tell this story because I'm pretty sure nobody in my family um, or in Phil's family listens to the podcast. But the first time we went to his parents' house, his mom was really worried. The vegetarian, that was me. The vegetarian is coming to eat here. What am I going to feed her? What am I going to feed her? So she finally decides on the cabbage rolls. Perfect, perfect for a vegetarian. And so I'm I'm eating the cabbage rolls and I'm thinking, hmm, this is a different flavor in this cabbage roll, but we're going with it. You eat what's put in front of you, right? And she's like, Oh yeah, I'm glad you like them. And I just put a little bacon in there for flavor. And I was like, Yep. <laughs> I only totally get it though. Because if you're not used to cooking a lot of vegetables, they um don't carry the flavors like meats do. So you have to kind of work with it. You definitely have to work with it. And that's going to be like one of the um, one of the pieces. When we talk about like my tips, my three tips, it's going to be learning to work with those vegetables. Um, so, So having a plant slant, don't just throw out the meat because it's not in the blue zones, but limit it a little bit more while still, okay, here this is, while still figuring out ways to keep your protein intake up. Uh, if you've heard me talk about this at all, or heard any of my guests talk about this at all, in general, we need to have our protein a little higher than we think, probably a lot higher than we think. And so meat-based products are one of those things that give you protein. Um, Another from a plant-based, lentils. Lentils are like crazy, crazy high in protein. Um, Barley. And then of course, you know, the the tofus and the tempehs and and all of those. So those can be part of it, uh, but just know that you wanna wanna balance all this stuff. Lots of vegetables, like lots of vegetables. Um, Can't go wrong with lots of vegetables, but you want them to be tasty enough that you enjoy eating them. All right, so I wanna just touch on these again really quick and then we're gonna go to um, the very end where I wanna talk about a couple of suggestions. So one of them, move. <laughs> move, move, move naturally and continue to do your your exercises. Okay. Don't stop doing the weights because they don't do those in the blue zones. Our lifestyle is different. Totally different. Um, so have purpose. Like when you wake up in the morning, you want to feel like you've got a reason, right? Like you've got something to be excited about. And that purpose can be different every day. Okay. It doesn't have to be like my purpose in life is, but it can simply be. My purpose today is I'm going to go volunteer at the animal shelter. Or my purpose today for me would be I'm going to be able to, you know, have a call with my women and we're going to all come away from it better than we were when we started. Like have purpose for yourself. Uh the next one is remember to wind down. They don't talk about this at all in the blue zones, but I would say that meditation relaxation. I mean, they do talk about taking naps, but meditation, relaxation, finding ways to wind down, especially at the end of the day is super um, important. Something I've started doing, which is random, but seems to work. Uh, I wear a mouth guard. I grind my teeth. I've I've been grinding my teeth for 40 years. So what I've started doing at night is actually just doing a facial massage. Really simple. Just like, you know, just a little facial massage. And I've noticed how interesting it is that I am more relaxed when I go to sleep. So find things that bring you and wind you down that remove some of the stress because the stress that that stress is the inflammation um, ravaging our bodies. Okay. Uh, the next one is try not to stuff yourself at food at meals. Mm-hmm. Stop eating a little soon, a little sooner than um, you think you should. Uh, Plant based plant-based foods, just play with it. Okay. Play with it. Uh, Wine. (laughs) If you do drink wine, I would suggest that, um, you know, uh, you know, what works best for you, but they like the idea of wine. Um, If you are part of a faith-based community, embellish it, embrace it, enjoy it. If you aren't, then find other community, community that works for you, that makes you feel good, right? I think that's part of this. It's just feeling good about life. Uh, families first, they're right in there. If you don't have like a family, um, then what you want is you want that community that is your family. And then coming right down to the last one, which is what they call the right tribe, same thing. It's all about community that works for you. So when we come back, I want to talk about like my three suggestions for just bringing a little blue zone into your world, wherever you live and why, why you should. How would it feel to ditch the fat causing, sleep robbing, guilt ridden, painful joints, inflammatory sugar habit for a month or even just one week? I can tell you one thing. It's hard to do if you're not prepared. And if you don't have the support, oh, good luck, right? Right. But when you have support, accountability, know-how, knowledge of what to do, magic happens every single time. Sugar Freedom is about resetting your relationship with sugar and alcohol. You'll lose belly fat, you'll sleep better, brain fog disappears, and you'll end up with this amazing community of friends to cheer you on. Plus, you'll get the accountability you need to keep you on track those days you aren't motivated, but you don't want to give up. Here's what Lisa said. I have lost five inches overall and feel amazing. Jen said, for the first time since COVID, when I got really addicted to sugar during COVID, I'm sleeping through the night and waking up feeling clear and excited for the day. Sugar freedom changes lives. At the end of 30 days, you're going to find yourself in control, and then you can decide how you want to move forward instead of falling victim to the cravings and triggers that sugar, well, sugar creates. So prior to when we start, you'll get everything you need to be ready to go sugar and alcohol free for a month. If you're ready to lose the belly fat and feel amazing, go to fitisfreedom.com forward slash sugar. Once again, that's fitisfreedom.com forward slash sugar and get on the list. We will send you the details and I promise this is a life changer. So, all right, here's my suggestion. And we're going to start small because you can just go wild with this. But pick one of the th- one of the nine. Okay, pick one of the nine that we just talked about. In fact, I'll put the li- um, We'll put the um, the list in the show notes. Pick one that you want to focus on. And once you feel like you're doing pretty good with that one, add another one if you want. Right? Like this is a lifetime. This is a lifetime experiment. It's not like it's not going to make the big difference next month. It's going to make the big difference in ten years. So pick one thing and give it a focus. And then um, grab a couple of recipes. Okay. There's tons and tons of blue zone recipes on the web or get a get the book if you want, get one of their cookbooks if you want, whatever you think, get one of the recipes, get a recipe and play with it a little bit. Remember what I said about vegetables. Vegetables in general require um, a little bit more seasoning than getting the um, flavor out of the bacon and the cabbage rolls. <laughs> so like find that, find some seasoning that works. Like for me, I mean, often, often my seasonings are ginger, uh, garlic, and then herbs. So, you know, bring those together and bring them in a little bit. And then <laughs> and then I have to tell you, like, I always say, like, use some sauces, like learn how to make some sauces. I have um, a good friend of mine who who said to me one day, she was like, you know, Kelly, I actually thought that I always liked vegetables. I thought I really liked vegetables. She said, but I really realized when I decided to quit eating cream sauce and everything, it was the cream sauce I liked. <laughs> so probably less cream sauce, more um, light light and airy sauces. And then um, another one is like, reach out to somebody. Step three this week, reach out to somebody. Just reach out to somebody. Maybe it's somebody that you think might need a little pick me up. Maybe it's somebody that you've been wanting to talk to. Maybe it's a friend you haven't connected to in a while, but just like reach out, make a little connection. It doesn't have to be like get together and meet in person. It can be like pick up the phone. When was the last time you just picked up the phone and called somebody? I always find that really interesting. I'll, I'll do this occasionally. It's just call somebody. They'll be like, Yes. <laughs> like, did you need something? I'm like, Yeah, I didn't want to text you. I wanted to just talk to you on the phone for a couple minutes. And if this isn't a good time, we can talk later. So, Bring a little bit of this into your world. Know that wherever you're living right now is probably not a blue zone, but you can make it a little blue zone for yourself. Next, next week or next episode, I'm going to talk about what happens when I take the blue zone quiz, which I was a little shocked by, but I took it and I was a little shocked by results. And then the last episode, I'm going to talk about what are some ways that we can take everyday modern life and not like if I was living in the Nakoya Peninsula, um, walking up and down mountains, carrying water every day. They don't carry water there, but carrying vegetables. Not that, but how can you bring this in to your world and use some of the modern conveniences and opportunities that we have in the longevity space to help make this work for you. So thank you for being here. Thank you so much for listening and I will see you next week. Bye-bye. Thank you again so much for listening today. I truly appreciate the opportunity to connect. If you're ready to incorporate fitness consistency into your life, I'd love to help. I have a special gift for you. If it's a struggle to stay consistent with your fitness and you're ready for all the energy, vitality and feeling great you can have, Go to my website, fitisfreedom.com, and on the home page, you can get a free copy of my Consistency is Key Masterclass, plus a fitness plan you can follow along with, guaranteed to get you started on your path to being fit and free forever.